Developers, 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 developers. Developers, 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 developers. Hello, and welcome to the Static Void yes. Podcast. I'm Jess Chadwick. I'm Todd Snyder. And I'm Chris Gomez. And we are your hosts. We're recording this on the evening of November 15th, 2015. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about package management for .NET developers. What does package management mean? What package managers are available for us to use? And why are package managers relevant to us at all? We're going to be getting into all of that. Before we get started, I just wanted to kind of let everybody know, I actually recorded a, uh, a free training video about TypeScript uh, this past weekend. So you can check that out on, on YouTube. It's just called Introduction to TypeScript. I will include a link to it in the show notes. It's about an hour and a half long and just an overview of, of everything you need to know to get started with TypeScript. And it's free. Awesome. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about package managers, right? So <laughs> No, no, no. We're going to talk about TypeScript tonight. Who wants to talk about TypeScript? <laughs> Here it goes. No. So, you know, I probably when we talk about package managers in the .NET world, we're always pretty much talking about NuGet, which, you know, came to us in uh, 2010. Uh, not necessarily that it came to us in Visual Studio 2010. It sort of appeared out of band. It was going to be called DuPack. And uh, Phil Hack on the ASP.NET team was just thrilled to introduce it to the world as a way for us to go get uh, updates to, um, you know, binaries, maybe updates specifically to versions of MVC so that the team could ship things without having to ship all kinds of tooling. And, and they just felt that the, um, the cadence of their ability to like update what they were working on required either working too closely with what was going on with the entire .NET framework or Visual Studio and I kind of feel like it's been embraced, not just by the ASP.NET team, but by all Microsoft developers. And so, you know, Jess, you've spoken quite a bit about NuGet. You had a, a great talk that, that many of us have been fortunate to hear. Like, do you get NuGet? So tell us, what did NuGet do for us? Yeah, so NuGet solved the problem of, uh, well, it, it kind of solved the problem of DLL. Not, not really. It helped... The fundamental problem that it solves is basically you have all of these assemblies that are out there on the web that you want to build your project on, right? So open source or otherwise, primarily open source. Um, but, you know, there are some commercial vendors who have assemblies that they have their own NuGet feeds or whatever. Um, but you have these assemblies out on the web. You want to get them down to your local machine. You want to get them added as references to your project, right? And that's kind of the, the baseline of it. And then on top of that, these these assemblies also have dependencies of their own. So um, a good example is one of the packages, one of the first packages I created was an open source project that I had, which was a, a log for net uh, implementation or a pender or an extension on top of Glimpse, right? So I created my own code that was an ex a Glimpse extension. So my code kind of depended on the Glimpse assemblies it extended them, so it depended on those assemblies, and it also implemented uh, log4net abilities to 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 Glimpse. So I also uh, depended on the log4net assembly. So I created my code, my project, and so when I when I compiled that project, I had those three assemblies in my bin output, and that was great on my local machine. That was great for anybody who went to my GitHub repository and brought it down locally and tried to compile it and hopefully succeeded, but. Once I was done and I produced those as assemblies, I could then just create a NuGet package out of my assembly, my one DLL, my custom thing, and that package could point to the Glimpse package and the Log4Net package. And when I say package, it's pretty much interchangeable with the actual assembly because that's kind of what it translates to, right? So when you go and you install Glimpse.Log4Net, it brings down Glimpse, if you don't already have it, obviously, and it brings down Log4Net. Right, and right. So, and it certainly prevented the the documentation that you would have had to have written to say, hey, in order to use me, you got to go do all these other things and maybe write something in the web config. Yeah, right. It, right. Know, it, so exactly. So and above and beyond that, you could do kind of out of the box transforms, web config transforms. But so by simply sure. the I'm I'm actually just doing this at work this week, um, creating a custom HTTP module. Uh, that, you know, obviously if you're going to bring this assembly that includes this HTTP module, that's all it includes. Obviously, if you're bringing in that project, you want to add it to your web config. So why don't I just make that part of 
bringing in that assembly, bringing in that NuGet package is where I actually go in and add that module, that HTTP module reference to your web config automatically and you don't have to do anything. Right. And before that, we were probably reading some documentation and then hit in bringing in like DLLs and hitting add reference. And so I, I personally think NuGet took the .NET world by storm and it's become indispensable and people rely on it. But what I'm curious about is, is Todd, you manage teams doing all kinds of different projects. You're, you've told us before how you're constantly thinking uh, in a file new project sense of, hey, I got to solve this problem for this customer, this problem for that customer. So in your sense, is NuGet indispensable to you? What do you use it for? So I work across several different types of projects. Um, whether it's new projects, we're definitely taking advantage of NuGet, um, whether it be adding any framework assemblies or make downloading jQuery or, or Bootstrap or whatever is needed for a project. Older projects, though, they tend to be a couple different camps. One, some people want to move over to NuGet. There's a bunch of customers who still, they just don't want to embrace NuGet. They're used to manually having the assemblies themselves. Um, probably the biggest challenge I run into, there really there's two challenges. One is a lot of people like NuGet. They like the convenience from the developer's point of view, but they have a lot of concerns about when they go to put it on their build server. Does their build server not have access to the internet? How will things work? Yeah. Um, and there seems to be a lot of confusion. And and um, I've even had some customers ask me about like how to set up a your own internal one. And I know it's something that's possible. And I tried to do research on it, but it seemed like it was a lot of effort to get that far. Um, so what a lot of customers still do is basically, right or wrongly, they end up using NuGet for development locally and checking all the packages in the source control which yeah. is not a very good thing. Yeah. Um, but it's their way of working around the problem of the build server doesn't have it. This seems to be a bigger problem for enterprises that may have 30 or 40 different development teams. And they really want to get back to the idea that these DLLs are one place. They're not scattered across every different project, um, which is what NuGet was to me was trying to solve. It wasn't just the convenience from the developer to get things down. It's also now there's one place to get these things. And if I want to move from version one to version 1.2, I just... Ask NuGet to go download it for me. Yeah, sure. Uh, and this might become relevant a little bit later. So do you think sometimes the unwillingness to use NuGet, Todd, is because they're afraid that since they haven't checked in the specific versions of binaries and client-side libraries, that when they go when they go to, to bring it down later to build an important release, it's not going to be the same? There is definitely... Um... Some, some people are concerned about that, particularly around different developers having different versions. Um, that was one of the challenges before really NuGet came on the scene. You'd have one developer and he'll have .NET Framework 2.5 or whatever version you want to go with. But then another developer would have a slightly newer version or older version. And there was always this like, this works on my machine because they don't have the same stuff that you would do. I found once NuGet came on the scene, it seems like it addressed that to a certain degree. The problem is developers tend to hold on to old opinions. Um, so even if they embrace it, their whole organization's kind of like, you know, we're not sure. It's much easier. We put the DLLs in, into source control, then we know those are the right ones. Or we put them on a file share or something like that. Um, like I said, though, it seems like with new projects, people are much more willing. Or it's, okay. it's a convenient factor. Hey, I had this file not new and I have everything. They're like, well, the package is there now. I'm just going to use it. Yeah. Um, it's more the older projects... Uh, and I know personally, when I first, uh, I guess it was probably 2010, tried to bring NuGet into some older projects, there was some challenges making it work. Um, so it really gets your experiences like anything else. Well, I, th I think you nailed it that, that the, the developers are looking for that specific version of that specific package. And historically, that has meant literally checking in that specific DLL, those bytes. But what NuGet does is it allows you to abstract that away and say, you know, that specific version of that specific package it exists on the internet somewhere, and you can go and get it ad hoc whenever you need to, presuming that your build server has access, you know, or wherever you're building your project from has access to the internet, to the NuGet servers to go ahead and get it. Yeah, just to follow on that real quick. So, as I work with a lot of different customers, sometimes we have to use um, virtual machines or remote desktop type sessions into customers. And it's kind of interesting, a lot of those type environments are more locked down than even than the build servers. So it isn't just the build server. That seems to be the most common one, but there are plenty of cases where the developer themselves don't have access to deploy th or to install things, or they may not have internet access or limited internet access. So because of that, that um, 
sort of culture view of how you do development in those places, Nougat's been somewhat of a challenge to get in place. Yeah. Um, well, you know, probably that the is... biggest one is more about this idea that, hey, I did it this way. Now Nougat's there and it's kind of cool and kind of interesting, but I don't know if I trust it or want to use it. It's different than what I've done before. So what I've seen is actually what Nougat's, I think Chris, you said 2010. Yeah. So it means it's five years old. Yeah. Only within the last year have I seen customers actually start using it. Wow. As they've moved to 2013. Prior to that, they, their projects were so old that, that they, they didn't want to upgrade Nougat. Yeah. And isn't that interesting, right? Because let's if I took a quick poll between the three of us, like I don't think any of us want to use source control as our our place to hold binaries or, or, or client libraries that we depend on. No, we don't I want consider it. it a horrible practice. Yeah, we don't yeah. want it. So you, you don't think it's a good practice. I don't like it either. I think, is it fair to say, Todd, that just personally you you don't like it, but you're in this real world of, hey, this is what my customers want to do. And that's going to come into play a little bit later because, you know, so one of the things that became really popular um, maybe almost around the same time was the rise of jQuery. And I'm going to jQuery was the kind of the canary that said, we're going to start doing more client side web development. Um, it was, you know, it was the library that, that allowed us to basically say, Hey, we know there's some browser incompatibilities, but we're going to make it all work together and with, with an API that, that was pretty easy to use and we'll be happy again. Or so we thought. Now, jQuery was one of the most popular NuGet packages created and downloaded and still is. And I remember, um, when this was all brand new that a local MVP in the Philly area, an ASP.NET MVP named Chris Love, said from the very beginning that he really, really liked NuGet, but he thought for client-side scripts, it put them in the wrong place. And uh, because NuGet, you know, puts them in a certain spot in your file system, you're kind of stuck with them there because you'll kind of break... Jess, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but it, you'll kind of break the whole upgrade replace cycle if you move them. If you change them at all, you you will yeah you'll break it. Nougat Nougat will refuse to stomp over changes that you've made. Yeah. So yeah. whether or not Chris was right about what he said, it was an interesting concern, and so that it's brings funny me how to, it's funny how something as seemingly insignificant as that can as that can be a huge deal breaker, right? And yeah, I well, I agree with Chris in this one. Yeah, um, he just felt like for client side scripts, he didn't want them in that scripts folder. He wanted yeah. them somewhere else, and he can't move them now and still be a Nougat consumer. Yeah. Yeah. VS 2015, it included the uh, an early preview of ASP.NET 5. In fact, I think it was beta 5. I remember getting a lot of puzzled questions by folks that I talked to out in the community. They said, hey, I fired up an ASP.NET 5 project, and there's these new package managers, NPM and Bower. And so there's also some NuGet going on in there. So there's this combination and Todd, I think you've seen this, right? So what was your first reaction when you fired up ASP.NET 5 and saw we now have three package managers in, the, in, a, in a template? Yeah, so uh, a couple different reactions. One is as a, as a uh, web developer, having been familiar with, with NPM and, and what Bower was being used for outside of the Microsoft world, it's like, good, this is something now I feel like has a little more credibility. I'll be able to bring it to clients. It won't be something else they'd have to learn or have to use outside of Visual Studio. Um, the second thought was, so what does this mean for NuGet, and what does this mean to my customers? Because they're just now getting used to using NuGet. Is this going to change things on them? Is this going to introduce more work? Is there going to be something else they need to learn? Um, I mean, I have a lot of customers that are just starting to really, over the last year or so, get into the whole client-side web development world. Um, and in my experience, there's tends to be a lot of different things, a lot of change happening. Um, so. On one front, it's good. I love seeing these things built into Visual Studio. It makes life easier. Um, but I still think it's going to end up scaring a lot of developers. They're going to be like, what is this for? Why do I need it? Is there, can, I, do I, can I work around it? Do I have to use it? Right. So, so you were already starting to think about taking a look at Bower and NPM. So you know, one of your reactions was in the editor, in the IDE, cool. But, oh my gosh, people are going to say, what is this? I'm just getting used to NuGet. Yeah. So Jess... Um, I'm curious, maybe you can tell us a little bit about just what NPM is. 
And well, npm is the node package manager, right? That's what it stands for, and uh, it was created to deliver node packages, no, node code. Um, and so, just like other environments like Ruby Gems and and Python, what are they, Perls or or something? Um, a, a way to get kind of snippets of code around. Since it was JavaScript, they weren't dealing with assembled uh, binaries, right? Assemblies. Um, it's always were, just text files then. It's no, always just text files, right? It's always okay. just JavaScript, right? JavaScript. Right. Um, and and so, but the same concept, right? That a, a piece of code, a snippet of code, just if you consider it as an assembly, just like in the NuGet world, it's dependent on other pieces of code, right? Um, and so whether or not those things are compiled assemblies or snippets of JavaScript, it really doesn't matter. Um, but you need all of them in order for that piece of code to work. So you go and you say, I want this library. And this library depends on three other dependencies, and each of those have five other dependencies. And then NPM goes and resolves all that stuff, pulls down everything locally, and puts it in a specific folder structure. And so I think that's what Todd was talking to earlier, or you were talking to earlier, um, about the scripts folder, right? So NuGet does the same exact thing. It goes, and it was designed to go bring assemblies, .NET assemblies down and pull them down and put them into various folders and then add the references to them. But then they added content. Well, why don't we just put JavaScript in there too? And so NuGet can do this stuff, right? You can have NuGet packages like like uh, Bootstrap or jQuery or Angular, and you can have a NuGet package that's uh, an Angular NuGet package that says, I depend on jQuery, and it can go and bring them all down, and it's going to go and bring them, and it's going to put them in the scripts folder, and it's going to follow some convention. With NPM, you're, it's going to download them. It's going to put them in the NPM modules folder, um, and it's going to follow a similar convention. And so honestly, I, I mentioned earlier, I do agree with the sentiment of I'd like to be able to control where my scripts are placed. But frankly, with, with NPM or even... Didn't, uh, didn't solve that problem, right? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't solve that problem. It's, it's yeah. literally the same exact thing, right? So there's and, another package manager in there, and that's Bower. Yeah. And Bower is trying to... It's, it's a, it's, I think it's a pivot on that very same problem. Um, I, I guess probably the simple way to look at it is it's is for JavaScript developers that were outside the Microsoft world as it was for client uh, library retrieval directly from a Git repository, most likely GitHub. Right, Jess? Right. Node package manager um, is is to bring down node packages. Node being primarily a, a server-side uh, JavaScript development environment, right? So in other words, these packages that were created were server-side packages. And it again, has direct correlations between, you know, NuGet, right? So NuGet, uh, it was initially created to deliver assemblies and assemblies being server side packages. But then they said, Hey, why don't we throw some client side stuff in there too? Some JavaScript, some CSS and, uh, NPM had the same exact thing, except NPM was, it was all just JavaScript. It was server side, JavaScript, client side, JavaScript. Some of the packages were both. They were literally server-side and uh, client-side JavaScript. But then Bauer came along and said, let's have this little bit clearer delineation to say, okay, this is the stuff that's going on the client, right? This is client-side packages, CSS, JavaScript, whatever. So that's like jQuery bootstrap. Yeah. Right? Angular. Yeah. Yep. Where they're yep. just text files that are going to be, uh, they're, they're static files that are going to be served in your, for a Microsoft developer in your WWW root. Yeah, yeah. But but whereas if again we're getting a little outside of the Microsoft world, so then the delineation would be well, I would use NPM for the server side pieces if I were a node developer, because they're not going to be static files served. They're 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 not binaries because it's JavaScript, but they are um libraries that are helping me do my server side job. Is that yeah. correct? Like it's a minifier, a bundler, maybe other things. Yeah, exactly. And and when you're on the server, you don't necessarily care so much about minification and everything because you're not pushing it down to the client. You also don't necessarily care about the fact that all of these things are in a node modules folder. Um because and in fact that that can be a good thing because when when you go to reference these things at runtime dynamically on the server when you go to find them and locate them you can leverage that um that that convention that folder convention uh to go and find packages and so right. you know the difference being on the server all the files are there if you need them whether or not you need them or not and you can load them on demand but on the client you need to send them down first right and so you need to be right. a little more uh, diligent about that. And, and you care a lot more about the folders and bundling and minification and everything. Yeah. When I was playing around with Bauer, I actually, um, and this was, this is, you know, we're not going to talk about um, 
some of other packages that you might use for for task management like Grunt or Gulp tonight. But I actually played around with Bower's support to take a bring a package file down and then move it to a specific location. So what I was doing there is I was trying to get Bower to be this all-in-one tool that says, okay, bring down jQuery, bring down a particular uh, version, or actually one thing we can talk about is it's wildcarding support, right? So you can say that, so you can say in Bower that, you know, I want this version of jQuery, but I'm okay that if it's this major, minor, and, and anything after that, just keep upgrading and then put it in this spot because this is where I want it to be served from. Um, and so now this is the interesting thing. I, I'm, I'm sure that now someone like Todd's customers have a ton of questions now that there's three package managers. So, you know, if you're, uh, one of Todd's customers, you know, one of your customers, Todd, and you're saying, okay, what is, you know, what are some of the questions that come to mind, whether they're developing a web app or even the other kinds of apps that you're going to be using in Visual Studio 2015? Yeah. So, um, Oh, you guys were talking, a couple of things came to mind. I just want to clarify something for my own uh, sense. Isn't Bower an NPM package? That's how I understood it to be. It yes. actually is a node package. Yes. Yeah, so, so in a, right. Okay. So in yeah. addition to server-side JavaScript code snippets, I keep calling them snippets. I mean, these can be hundreds or thousands of lines of, yeah. of JavaScript. Oh, yeah. But, you know, oh, yeah. JavaScript components. files. <laughs> they just get components, yeah. They're just getting JavaScript files from one place to another is essentially what's happening. But in addition to server-side JavaScript code, client-side JavaScript code, maybe some CSS here and there, it also has tools, full-fledged tools that run in the Node environment, meaning you can actually execute them from the, from the command line um, they're not ever necessarily intended to to run on a web server or something like these were fully intended for development purposes only, design time, development time for developers. And Bower is one of those tools. These other ones that you mentioned that we're not going to really get into, but you mentioned the task runners, Grunt and Gulp and all these things. Those are all node tools, so command line node tools that are written in JavaScript and delivered through NPM. Yes, right. And so what's interesting is, is I... I think a very common tweet you'll see is, hey, I want to get jQuery. What should I use? Use Bower. How do I get Bower? Use NPM. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get yeah. NPM? What's NPM? Yeah. And eventually yeah. someone will say it's package managers all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. So, so, um, so back to your, your question. Yeah. Um, so a couple different things. One is I think for a lot of developers, they're not using Node today, right? If I'm in Visual Studio 2013, unless I – I'm a web developer and I'm like, hey, I know what I know I want to use Goldbook Grunt and I've actually used some of the, the remote debugging tools from mobile stuff that are node packages. I might not even have node installed. And now the first thing I think of is, cool, this is good. I like this. I like where this is going. This is something that's going to be interesting. It, it's almost like, all right, now it's worthwhile for me to have to learn this kind of stuff because it's building the Visual Studio. But then I start thinking customers had challenges just making NuGet work in, on their servers or getting NuGet installed or using it, this seems like now they need Node. So they're going to be a, a oh, wait a minute, what's Node? We, we can't have Node. That's that's JavaScript. That goes on the client. That doesn't get installed on our build server or anything else. Well, here's the amazing um, thing. If you install Visual Studio 2015, you have Node. You have NPM. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, that's good, right? I mean, it makes it a whole lot easier. I have heard, though, it's a slightly different version than Node. Or it's a, the NPM or something. There is a difference. If you already have Node versus installing it fresh, which is Visual Studio, it is it is a um, it, it's a it's a it's a lighter weight version. I don't even know how to classify it. I know that I've gone into that and I've tried to use some some of the more uh, advanced functionality, and it's just not there. So it's not a full fledged version, but but it's enough to go and download Node packages and and run them. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's that is is the first question is that the the second thing is um, and I've like I said I have to actually start talking to customers about using Gulp and Grunt just in 2013. So by being able to have it in the box in 2015, they're like they're a little more interested now in, in wanting to learn that and, and try to take advantage of that. But like I said, it, it introduces this other problem, which is well now I need Node on the server, and then the question becomes, well can I still just use NuGet? Um, or do I have to? I mean, is this an opt-in or is I being kind of forced? Um, right, right. For me personally, another question I have is, I know in the JavaScript world, uh, me and the developers I work with all the time, we say we call it the framework of the week. Is Bower 
the thing that's it, right now that's Microsoft is adopting, but a year from now, there's going to be something else. Personally, uh, I think Bauer's on the way out. I think it's on the way out. So one of the big problems with uh, NPM, which I think still is a problem, but they, they've at least identified, I think they're working on it and, and fixing it. It might actually be fixed now, but it, it came from the Linux world. It came from the POSIX world, right, with where you could have uh, really long file names, file paths. And then in Windows, it just didn't port. And so the the way that it works, its internal folder structure kind of hierarchically brings packages under packages under packages under packages. So you can get these insanely long um, file path names. And it, it sounds like it shouldn't be an issue, but it can be a really big issue on Windows specifically. And I, I saw one of the forum posts about it or the GitHub issue or whatever. And the, the response from the NPM team is like, well, don't use Windows. <laughs> it's like, thanks. That solved the problem. That's not Never helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I think they actually did. They are, either they have or they're going to solve that problem with, with NPM. So that was one of the biggest problems. And then the other thing was it just, just seemed arbitrary to say, well, let me, let, me re, let me restart over, right? One of the other problems is that even Bauer was created and they started cre- putting packages into a separate package management system, i.e. Bauer, and that ecosystem started to grow. But at the same time, most, if not all of those same packages were still available in NPM. So you right. effectively had a competing package management system that there was no real perceived value. Like I still to this day couldn't say, why would you choose Bauer over, over NPM? And well, I have a thought on that. And it's that, and, and here's where I just maybe don't know enough about NPM is that isn't, isn't the value proposition of Bauer that, it, since it relies on a Git repository and tags, that just by merely committing my change to jQuery and tagging it, that I've done all I need to do. It's it's You hear this mantra from me a lot on the show, right? Frictionless development. This is all I need to do. There's no other package management to do. And I don't know that that's quite true for NPM, although the, the, the level of friction might be minuscule compared to saying, hey, I want to now make this a NuGet package. Um, NPM has d- two options. NPM, you can take the standard NuGet-like approach where you can build a, a, a package, you know, a zip file, and actually send that up, and that's the thing that's get, that gets distributed. Or you can have a pointer to a GitHub or, or a Git repository tag, which so is usually going to be GitHub. Then. Yes. Well, it could yeah. be redundant. Yeah, okay. It's all, it's all redundant as far as I'm concerned. And so that's why, you know, as they fix all these issues with NPM and Windows and everything and it make it more accessible, I just honestly don't see the need for Bauer. I frankly do not understand. I would love somebody to come on this show and talk about why they love Bauer so much more and why it's such a better alternative than, than NPM, but I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I using NPM. I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. I gave you the reason that, that I had thought of, and that was pretty much it. So, you know, to Todd's point, I think you make a great point is that. So now what Microsoft has chosen to do in the visual studio 2015 timeframe is begin to embrace tools that are not familiar to Microsoft developers and are, but are more familiar to the outside world. And I think, in my opinion, trying to prevent a Microsoft bubble from completely closing, like I think we would all agree a Microsoft bubble had not only formed, it was actually gaining in strength, but to keep it from completely closing off, let's at least, you know, let's say, hey, we're going to embrace tools that the rest of the web developers are using. And what happens when they're not using them in 2016? the calendar year 2016. The web just moves so fast. And that, to me, is the challenge. And like I said, it, um, when I first saw this in Visual Studio, it's like, cool, this is good. This seems like this is going to add keydance to wanting to actually use this. But then I started thinking, you know, there's gulp and grunt now. In six months from now, if there's something else, wh- wh- how do people decide? What do they need to do? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there is no answer, and I think that scares a lot of developers. Because sure. they're used to Visual Studio making the answer. If Visual Studio does X, that's the answer. Right, And I know for me personally, a lot of times it's easier if Visual Studio does it in a box, I want to focus on what really provides the value versus are we going to use Global Grunt? Pick one, learn it, master it, get your stuff deployed. So I think there's a fear factor that if Visual if ASMN 5 comes out sometime early next year and all of a sudden there's rumblings about Bower's not going to be the thing, all of a sudden developers are going to be like, well, I don't even want to learn it. Can I just use Nougat? Or right, I, sure. Because I would imagine the NuGet still works to a certain yes, degree. Right. Um, 
Which is my other question. When I go to 2015, is Nougat there? Is it is it not working now? Is it going to work in some cases? In other cases, it doesn't work? How am I know what's, what's happening? Yeah, so my own use combined with the official stories that I have heard, the official explanations, are that, um, yes, you still continue to use NuGet. And especially if you're not doing a web project, you're going to use NuGet because uh, those projects could care nothing about Bower and MPM yeah, that, or anything like that. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. If you're yeah. doing assemblies, .NET assemblies, use NuGet. Right. There's basically no Binaries other are option. still going to be NuGet, so Entity Framework. You're, you're building a Windows phone application, and you want Entity Framework. Okay, you're gonna you're building a WPF application. You want Entity Framework. Okay, uh, you're building a WPF application. You want you want JSON support. You want JSON.NET. Okay, you use NuGet. Those are all NuGet. And that the uh, guidance from from ASP.NET folks was that for your client side libraries, you're going to use Bower. Like that's that's how they what they how they felt it was going to work. And yet, uh, the reason why they had NPM support was because they're also seeing a future of toolchain being grunt and gulp and when we talk about javascript tool chaining i'm sure we'll be interested in talking about that so um for a asp.net project though for the question of going forward will i still be able to use nuget to get jquery now the the answer is supposed to be yes that yes they will still put in the work to get a jquery package an angular package a bootstrap package into nuget for the folks that kind of want to stay in that world but to also show that there is some thinking about the new world. Um, Mads Christensen released an extension to support in the Task Runner Explorer to support the npm scripts tag. So, you know, it, I feel like where they're headed is this world where they're going to say, as the platforms that other people use get get dropped away and new things become popular, maybe we'll add to it out of band. Maybe we'll add to it by extension. Yeah, I, I think there are two sides to this. The first is that this is a generic tool that's in in Visual Studio, right? It's called Task Runner Explorer for a reason. It it allows you to interact with your Task Runner, whatever that is or whatever it may be, five years from now, and so that gives you flexibility in in both 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 sides of the spectrum, both regards, right? So when the new Task Manager comes out, all you need is is uh, support for it, another you know little extension or plugin to get it to to integrate into Task uh, Task Runner Explorer, which should be pretty simple. But then it's also to your point, Todd, of hesitance of which one to choose or what if it changes. What if a hot new one comes out? If a hot new one comes out and the ones you're you're using right now still works, why would you change? Right, that's a different that's a different conversation altogether. The tooling itself in Visual Studio and on the command line, for that matter will support either one. It'll support you continuing on with the current version that you're using, the current tool and tool chain that you're using, and it will also support the the, the hot newness when it comes out. So one of the things I've seen with, with NuGet, and it may be only certain cases, but I'm pretty sure it's still true, true in 2013, is when I go and create a new MVC project, it gives me jQuery and Bootstrap, but it gives me a certain a version that's older. It's not the full live latest version. Um, and I was always understanding because the way Microsoft positioned when they put jQuery in the box was there was a certain version they deemed was fully supported, so that's the version they got. Um, and I know that it kind of drives me nuts because, like, why aren't people adopting the latest thing? I still get back to this idea that if Microsoft is going to say Bower is the way to do X, people are going to focus on that. It's what Visual Studio gave me out of the box. Right. To go beyond that or to switch it, there's going to be this friction and frankly as as a developer or an enterprise developer what task runner you use is this a decision you kind of make in the beginning and then you leave it alone so like your point was right, right. Jess. if it still works you do it right. the problem is every time a new visual studio version comes out is it going to introduce something else i think that's what a lot of developers feel apprehensive to me i love it i love the idea of all this new stuff to learn and, and, and utilize and um Particularly, you said, I've, if we work in Cordova, there's a whole other th set of things you have to deal with that Visual Studio 2015 solves much better. But for the average developer, they're just getting to Nougat now. Well, I now think all the of a only sudden, valid, like Nougat's taken away. The only valid fear there is, is the next version of Visual Studio going to break what I'm using today? I'm saying the Task Runner Explorer says, no, we'll support whatever, right? 
when it comes to Bower, is there a chance here that Microsoft will single-handedly save Bower because so many developers are going to be out there hitting file new project for <laughs> ASP.NET 5. And yeah. for the next five to 10 years, they're going to rely on Bower being their package retrieval for the version of jQuery from 2015, <laughs> even though the year is now 2022 and you are still supporting this web application. Is that going to happen? Yeah, and, and thinking web terms, who even knows if jQuery is relevant by then? <laughs> hey, jQuery is a dinosaur, right? And it's still relevant. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I think it's interesting that we're talking about NPM and all this stuff, but I think for most Microsoft developers, these are foreign concepts. They're not used to this. They're not yes. living in the web world. Right. They're not doing their development outside of Visual Studio. You're not going to Sublime or even Notepad++. They're, it's what's in the Visual Studio box. They may have never even heard of this stuff. Yeah. I think we, when you started out, you said that Nougat came around 2010. I keep coming back to the idea that for a lot of developers, they're just now getting to using Nougat or sure. really embracing it. Well, actually, sure. to that, I'd, I'd argue that point. I think that surprisingly and, and pleasantly surprisingly, um, the NuGet adoption has seemed to uh, be really good. So I, I have these days, I, I don't really run into a, a room where there's a developer who doesn't really know about NuGet. Mostly because it is out of the box and it is such an integral part to the the templates and it's in all of the tutorials and everything. Um, but I mean, as you opened up with Chris, you know, I've been giving presentations, uh, you know, local user group and, and, and stuff, um, basically since NuGet came out and I always open with the same question. How many of you have heard of NuGet, right? How many of you have used NuGet? And in the beginning, understandably, you know, no hands went up. That's why we're in this talk. And then as I keep giving similar talks over the years and it, the last talk that I gave, every single developer raised their hand. Yes, I know NuGet. I've heard of NuGet. I use NuGet on a regular basis. And so now the 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 topic of the talk, what they're interested in hearing, is you know how can I really leverage NuGet to do great things, right? What's the sure. best way to to? And so that's the the conversation has gone from what is NuGet to what is the best way to use NuGet, kind of like what we're talking about right here, right? Right. So the question is the real question that I have is. Are you then telling these same developers, are you having them raise their hand if they're still clicking enable NuGet package restore in Visual Studio? Because even though that option is still there, you should have stopped a few years ago. And we should probably put a link to the NuGet documentation that tells you how to rip it out of your old projects, right? I ran into this at work in my source control. I just, just Friday, I took a project out of source control. And when it wouldn't build correctly, when it wouldn't F5 correctly, because it was in this weird, fuzzy state of of, of having clicked enable NuGet package restore, sure enough, I uh, closed the project down, opened it up in a text editor, the CS project file, and ripped out that piece of the project so that I could go back to F5 ability, which is super important to me. And I don't think a lot of developers know about that change. Well, we can put it in the show notes. We yeah, can do our we can do our part. <laughs> now I'm passionate about it. Everybody, Get, stop using enable package store. So it, it's funny because I even didn't know that. Yeah, um, well, why it makes would, sense? But because yeah. I've actually ran the case probably within the last six months, three or four times, having one developer had a slightly different version of MVC, like a four point one one something something other, and every time he ended up checking something in, every got messed up, and the solution was restore package. Yeah. And then that fixed it. Right. Um, and it was it's weird because we actually removed Visual Studio, or removed that version of MVC on his box and put the right version, and it still was confused. Right, right. It's, it's almost a horrible thing because <laughs> yeah. what happened is, is several, several versions ago of the IDE, they thought, hey, let's create this NuGet package restore functionality. And it's so tempting to you as a developer because you right-click on the solution and it says enable NuGet package restore. Who wouldn't want to use that? That's just That's got to be the right thing to do. But the NuGet team has migrated away from that to something which they call, confusingly enough, automatic package restore. <laughs> and, and the way that you enable that is simply by not doing the other thing. <laughs> and then it just works, right? So we have going forward this, this new world where NuGet is still going to be relevant because even if you're a web developer, you're probably going to want Entity Framework 6. Um, or MVC 6 or whatever. You might want, you might want uh, yeah, well, that's the other thing is, is that just because the project JSON file lets you use NuGet through typing, 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 you can still go to NuGet Package Manager and get 
MVC dependencies for MVC6. Um, but with these other two package managers coming in into the into the project templates, what are developers going to think? What have they told you if you talk to them about this? It's a good question. So the only real customer I've talked about 2015, we talked a little more about what MVC was doing and less about the package management stuff. Um, I was pushing them more to the idea that you need to start thinking about Goblin Grunt today because it's going to be in the box in Video 2 2015, um, not to use the what MVC does today. Yes. Minifications and yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the, the only question I really got was, is this different than Nougat? Is it better than Nougat? And I couldn't even, I had to fight to get Nougat on my server to get access for Nougat packages to work remotely. Now I need Node. That's not a supported thing in our enterprise. So Jess, what should people do? What do you think is the right thing for them to do? If you're a Visual Studio developer, and forget 2015, what if you're a Visual Studio 2013 developer, or even if you're going to make write a, a new ASP.NET 4.6 project, like you are not going after the ASP.NET 5 world. What do you think is the right thing for them to do? What What do you think is going to be the most beneficial for them? I I think these tools that are available in NPM are typically the best in breed. And so if you can leverage them, they are as relevant to you today in your ASP.NET 4 project as well as your ASP.NET 5 project where you are, quote, strongly encouraged, right? In, in other words, practically forced, not literally forced. You can... You can use other things, but you know the, all of the defaults, all the templates really push you to these new tools because they are the best in breed and they're the, they're the de facto standard. Um, there's no reason that you can't start leveraging them in your projects today. And so I would really encourage every developer, regardless of whether you're on 2015, Visual Studio 2015 or ASP.NET 5 um, or earlier to go out and, and look at these tools, see how they are relevant to you, see how you might start using them in your immediate work, like literally tomorrow, right? So you can bundle CSS, minify, or bundle JavaScript and CSS, minify, um, you know, compile your TypeScript code, and, uh, you know, all of the, all how JavaScript, TypeScript, that sounds like another show. <laughs> yes. I told you I'd sneak it in. Um, yes, you would. And, and on all, three time site. That's all this more. great web stuff is just, is just right there. And it's the reason that these tools are in this, in this, uh, package management system is because this is a JavaScript package management system and it's for web, right? It's, it's, it's the best in breed web development tool. So why don't you okay, go ahead so when and someone it, in your organization is there you've given them the task to start a new project and and there's npm and bower and they go to start using bower what's your guidance going to be i would say you know don't use npm and bower together to get your client side packages so you as a team have to decide what are we using are we using client are we using bower are we using npm are we using nuget it's still a perfectly legitimate option well you're right that there are legitimate options and that the team should pick one and that they should stick with it but what do you want to do Oh, me today, I'm looking at NPM. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, as far as I'm concerned, Bauer is, you know, it's on its way out. It's just not really a valid, um, that's not true. It's, I don't mean to say it's not a valid system, but NPM gives you all of the functionality that, that Bauer gives you. Um, in other words, you know, you can go and you can get client-side libraries. All of the client-side libraries that are in Bauer are also in NPM. You can go and get them. Um, and NPM is the only tool that you need to install, the only one that you need to uh, learn how to work with. And you know, so you're it. saying you're you're going to open a new project, you're going to go into the package JSON, you're going to take Bower out, and that'll be the end of it for you. You'll be a happy ASP.NET five developer. Yes, when that ships, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, no, look, I mean, I think you're right that that definitely teams have to make the decision. But part of why I hope people are listening to us is because. They're going to want to hear what, what Jess Chadwick thinks. And that was Jess Chadwick's official guidance. I'm sure he's going to smile for the camera now and say, great, I've just stuck that on Jess. Uh, yes. And from till the end of time, Jess is going to be known as the anti-Bauer. Todd, what do you think? So a couple different things. Um, one is what I've been telling people is even though Visual Studio supports Gulp and Grunt, learn it outside of Visual Studio. Actually how understand how this was built and not in the Microsoft mindset, in the, the web developer mindset. Then once you figure out and how it works and things, then you can take advantage of Visual Studio. Let the tool make it your job easier, but not as a replacement for actually learning how it works. As far as the, the .bower stuff, 
my biggest exposure to this is actually working with the Google Polymer project. Oh, cool. Um, which is a set of web component framework and things. And they make heavy use of Bower. Because um, you have to really, to work with Polymer, you need to go get lots of different web component packages. And um, Bower seems to be the, the default approach they take. So to Jess's question is, I actually kind of agree with him on, on principle that it'd be nice if there was just one thing that they deal with instead of two or three different ones. But it seems like at least in the, the projects I've seen, web projects, open source web projects, a lot of them have adopted Bower. So it seems like there seems to be some credibility added to that. Um, me personally, I'm probably going to look at both and figure out really what I want to recommend to customers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just, just to qualify what I said earlier when I said, you know, anything that I've been trying <laughs> that to unfair, do. was unfair, okay? I was being unfair. Anything I've been trying to do with, with Bower is also available in NPM. Polymer is a great example of, of something that does not fall under that, right? So as you were talking, I was validating that. I was doing some fact-checking. Yeah, and in fact, at least from, you know, a couple Stack Overflow articles, it, lo it looks like that's true. Like, it's just you simply can't install Polymer. Uh, packages from from npm so my to kind of support my my claim earlier i just feel like as if bauer is going to die it's not going to die one day it's going to decline and people are going to move over to you know it's going to move over to npm and then npm will start supporting these things and so my my fundamental uh, assertion earlier was that npm offers the same functionality as bower and so it's kind of duplicating it's kind of needlessly competing and i don't really understand why there is that competition why there's there's both of them when you know npm is perfectly fine and so it as far as i'm concerned it's a simple case of you know these these package maintainers that are currently in bower just need to put it in npm as well i don't really see a big, uh, sure. anything stopping that from happening. Yep. No, I understand. And so, you know, I guess from my point of view, it's, um, there's definitely, you know, notice taking the world by storm. And, uh, once NPM kind of got up and running, it seemed that everybody was creating packages so that you could pull in, um, both server side code to help you with your node JS server work, but even, even the client side code and, uh, Package managers on top of package managers kind of makes us in the .NET world laugh a little bit. But for us .NET developers, we're going to have valid options going forward. I think it's very important to say that um, NuGet is not going away. NuGet is not dying. NuGet is still considered to be the way to get assemblies, .NET DLLs. So there's your, you know, I keep going back to Entity Framework or JSON.NET, but those are your examples there. And uh, on the client side, uh, it, while I think there's going to be guidance to say, hey, uh, use Bower for this, it's going to be perfectly valid, from what I understand, to um, go get jQuery, Bootstrap, and Angular from NuGet if that's what you really want to do. And uh, what it probably means is we're going to need a show on task runners because no matter what, we're starting to creep into that realm of how you manage this with Grunt or Gulp or something I'm kind of interested in now, just NPM scripts. And uh, that support is coming too. So, you know, it's been pretty interesting. I, I think, uh, as usual, we're probably have surprised ourselves that uh, we can spend quite a bit of time talking about something like package management. But I hope it's been good for everybody to learn that there's a lot of nuance to this, right? There was a lot more to it than just, this is a better way to add a reference. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, we we use this, and I, I've been doing this for, for years, we actually use this all the way up to kind of bundling and deploying our, our applications or um, even integrating with other teams. So um, at work, this we, we had a pretty a big project where we had uh, one central application and a handful of teams, four or five different teams contributing components to that application, UI components, um, but components nonetheless. And the way that we managed all of that and we managed that interaction and that collaboration was that each of those contributing teams were contributing NuGet packages. They were bundling all of their components into NuGet packages and then that central, uh, that central uh, application, all they had to do, they came in every morning, they had NuGet update, right? Give me an update. Cool. Update all of my packages, yeah. and they nice. were just there. Um, to your earlier point, Todd, about setting up a NuGet server, it can actually—it's ridiculously simple. It can be as simple as literally just putting files into a UNC path, a file share somewhere. 
um, that has plenty of downsides, but it can be that simple. That's how you can get started if you just want to start playing with it. Um, and then the next step up is literally just file a new web project and install the NuGet server package and point that at a file share. And then that gives you kind of caching and everything that makes it more performant. And you all know, that. I never knew about that package. Yeah. That's cool. It is, it is hmm. literally as simple as that. Those are your two yeah. options that you can get up, up the, uh, off the ground and running. Um, yeah. and in fact, I knew about other things like, you know, the pro get server and, uh, yeah, yeah. My get feeds, you don't even need I to do any of that. Yeah. You, yeah. can, huh. you can very wow. easily you know? set up a, a, a NuGet server internally, like literally within a number of minutes. Um, That's well, good to know because when I looked at it about a year and a half ago, that I didn't come across anything like that. So it's good to know that there is a simpler way to do it. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why we invited Jess. Do you get NuGet? And I learned something. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really, go. I'm thrilled. This has made my night. Yeah. So my, my final thought is this is, no matter what we're talking about, what package type or whatever you're talking about, NPM or, or Bower or NuGet, is package management's here to stay. This is a part of your world now. You need to understand why it exists and figure out what makes sense for you as, as your development team, what tools you want to use. Yeah, The idea really, of yeah. copying or downloading assemblies or JavaScript files manually and then adding them yourself, that's not the world you want to live in anymore. You want to take advantage of these tools to make your life easier. Yeah, and we don't like committing those things to source control. <laughs> Yes, and ideally, yes. You don't want to ever check anything in. That is our. That is the, something the three of us do not like. I agree. I yeah. guarantee you, all of us probably have some version of jQuery or several versions of jQuery <laughs> checked into our source control. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, that sounds like a show. Yeah, yeah, just good show. So, everybody out there, thanks for spending time with us. We hope that you got a lot of value out of listening to this discussion. And if you did, please let other people know by submitting a review on iTunes and letting your friends know. It's the word of mouth that's going to help us grow and help keep this thing going. Also, please, please write us. Let us know what you'd like to hear us discuss on the show. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you think about uh, the things that you're talking about. Um, so please feel free to leave a comment on the website, staticvoidpodcast.com, uh, or feel free to send us an email to comments at staticvoidpodcast.com. So Todd, Chris, thanks for the chat. Yep. Yes, awesome. Catch you all next time. And all you out there, we'll talk to you next time on the Static Void Podcast. <laughs>